Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include mortgage participation trophies, my interview with Sagent's new chief product officer, Courtney Thompson, on her career in the mortgage industry and how her new appointment as chief product officer accelerates Sagent's vision to remake loan servicing from the consumer perspective and deepen Sagent's relationships with customers, regulators in the fintech community, and the latest on the housing market from home builders. Today's podcast is sponsored by Sagent. It's such an exciting day for Sagent as it just announced the appointment of Courtney Thompson as its new chief product officer. The move accelerates Sagent's vision to remake loan servicing from the consumer perspective and deepen Sagent's relationships with customers, regulators, and the fintech community. Thompson has led mortgage fintech innovation, digital transformation, servicing, and regtech strategy for almost two decades, most recently as the founder of her fintech management consulting firm, Consigliera where she advised top servicers and fintechs on these matters. With that being said, let's give her a warm welcome as she comes on to the show today. Courtney, congratulations. Oh, thank you. New role. Today's a very exciting day for Sagent. Uh, You have a new press release out this morning announcing your appointment. What an exciting role and at such an important time in, in servicing with more certainty around COVID. Can you tell me about your journey to joining Sagent? I started non-traditionally. I wanted to be Perry Mason when I grew up. Um, So I went to law school. And when I entered the space, I was a litigator for large financial institutions, pre-recession, doing a lot of origination work, um, doing a lot of uh, origination avoidance work, quite candidly. Um, With, you know, the big boom in 2008 um, and a shift in the marketplace, those matters turned largely to foreclosure avoidance. And that was kind of my bridge or my initial bridge to um, you know, the servicing issues and default servicing. Honestly, I got a little bit bored uh, being a litigator because the same fact patterns popped up over and over and over again uh, after the recession. And um, right when I was looking for something new to do, um, my law firm here in Metro Detroit got picked up um, on a retention in the independent foreclosure review, which was kind of the first big bang um, of the regulatory era. Uh, where there were 14, 15 uh, large banks and servicers that were put on the the naughty list. I know it's not Christmas anymore. Um, And the OCC and the FRB did a real serious evaluation of, you know, servicing practices at that time. And it really brought in the new era of servicing, which is, you know, really consumer focused, highly regulated, um, no more just payment making and taking, right? It's this new world order of servicing. Uh, And that was really my bridge to servicing operations, um, where I spent the last decade at Flagstar Bank managing their default mortgage servicing operation, uh, which really bridged me to, I entered, I guess, the great resignation a year early. Um, But, you know, when COVID uh, calmed down at the bank and in the servicing operation, I really wanted to do what I love the most about this industry, which was not running a day-to-day operation, but trying to really solve and crack the problems that we're facing, you know, due to legacy technology kind of being crappy. Um, And also due to the fact that there's all this new technology, great fintech companies um, that I, you know, had formed relationships with when I was an operator um, that really needed help bridging to financial institutions. So in 2021, uh, I opened a consulting firm called Consigliera, Uh, whose mission uh, was to help fintech bridge to financial institutions, help solve 
a lot of the problems that servicing is facing um, really in honor of the consumer and in honor of this regulatory environment that I grew up in. It is through Consigliera that um, I met the team at Sagent and realized that our vision for the future state of servicing was completely aligned. Um, and I got to do a lot of fun projects with them this summer. Um, and it was clear, I think, from go with all of us that um, this was going to be a good fit. And we really thought we could tackle the industry together. And, and truly, this is the best gift I never asked for <laughs> um, in terms of having a role uh, with this group of people at this time, which is really, really important to servicing. It honestly could not be at a better time. Well, your passion is certainly evident. It sounds like Sagent wants to bring you on to kind of remake loan servicing from the consumer perspective, you know, have you work with consumers, regulators in the fintech community. What's missing in servicing and, and what problems do you hope to solve? Deep pause um, on that question because <laughs> it, 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 it's servicing's problems are deep and wide. Uh, mortgage servicing fundamentally changed post Dodd-Frank with the advent of the CFPB. Even the investors and insurers, Fannie, Freddie, HUD, USDA, VA, you know, all of the alphabet soup of acronyms, everyone stepped up their game with regard to regulation and with regard to consumer treatment at that time, right? And yet the mortgage servicing technology didn't evolve with the times. And so the biggest problem that this created um, was an inundation of the community of servicing humans who I know and love and came up with. You know, running a mortgage servicing operation is not just running a call center or just, you know, trying to send a few letters to mortgage servicers. Running a mortgage servicing operation uh, requires legal knowledge and Six Sigma process knowledge and technological knowledge because the existing technology, uh, legacy servicing technologies were really designed to make and take payments, right? They weren't designed you know, for the environment that we live in today with the Bureau and with all of the enhanced rules and quite candidly with loss mitigation, which is a thing that was truly born, right, in the last recession. These are the problems that, you know, Sagent has said, hey, Courtney, let's solve these together. And, you know, for me, um, I had a one-person strategic consulting outfit to help servicers and tech companies, you know, solve these problems at and wherever I could. Um, and now to be partnered with the most viable tech operation in the industry who is open to the type of change that we're talking about. I mean, truly, it is cheesily a match made in heaven. <laughs> well, how does origination fit into this picture? Because I've heard Sagent talk about creating customers for life. And so I guess what I would ask you is, is there really a way to achieve the end game of a continuous loop between originations and servicing? So this is the cool part, Robbie. And I mean it, right? <laughs> so mortgage servicing is the longest relationship a financial institution has with a consumer. And, you know, since the beginning of loan making and lo paying for loans, we've had these two things which really shouldn't be separate. There's this thing called origination and origination, you know, tends to make financial institutions a lot of money, um, you know, through all of the different mechanisms. So there's a lot of investment there and there's a lot of good technology in origination. And then there's this thing called servicing, which we've talked a lot about. Um, the, but the real question is the, the, the problem that we're trying to solve with, you know, the convergence of servicing and origination is this. 
if we set a consumer up to have a trusting, open relationship with a financial institution that wants to walk the walk with them through their life, right? Origination becomes a blip on the radar of this experience throughout the life of the consumer. Um, really, you know, mortgage servicers want to step up and want to know more about their consumers to help with, um, you know, these new business lines, you know, that are focused on recapture and retention in the mortgage servicing industry. I think that those are, you know, fake news, fake words for we're not doing a good job of connecting these two universes because they're fundamentally run by two different groups at most institutions. And so the idea is, is for the tech to stand up, um, for us at Sagent to raise our hand and say, hey, you guys, these things really fundamentally aren't that different. Let us help define solutions so that the concept of recapture is not a thing. And um, we can focus on good customer service and good consumer relations to really feed those pipelines. And finally, how does your vision align with Sagents for the modern era of servicing? It's completely aligned. Um, <laughs> the, the coolest thing about taking the biggest leap that I've ever taken in my life and, you know, you know, setting up this management consulting firm and, you know, defining what I really care about, um, which is truly meeting humans where they are. And in mortgage servicing, the humans are certainly the consumer, but they're also the risk folks that look at operations and they're the executives that pull their hair out because they don't have a report that can tell them what the ding ding is going on. They're the good humans in servicing operations. And, you know, my favorite thing to do on LinkedIn is right hashtag default humans because default <laughs> servicing humans are the absolute best humans in the industry because they work every day to keep people in their homes. And, you know, Sagent and I are completely aligned that there has to be a better way. Legacy servicing technology works exactly how it was designed, um, but it's 2021. People communicate on, you know, cell phones and wearables and, uh, you know, they're not really using the U.S. Postal Service as a primary mechanism for communication anymore. Um, and so we want to stand up with servicers and help them support the new world order of this thing that will happen when mortgage, and, mortgage servicing and origination come together through new technology. Fantastic. I do need to correct you though and say it's 2022. So I've actually given up on oh, speaking to yes, people. Oh, yes, it's 2022. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> actually, one one more bonus question yeah. for you. What's your favorite part of working in the mortgage industry? What do you love about it? I love the people. Um, this industry has been the best and has taught me more about life and about me and about helping people and about looking out for people and having people's backs and sometimes not having people's backs. Um, but mortgage servicing or mortgage is probably one of the only interest, only industries where you really have people that make $16 an hour opening the mail all the way up to, you know, secondary market folks and, you know, CEOs and executives and lawyers and, and they all work together every day. And I think that there's a lot to learn about people in that. And there's a lot of opportunity. I'm a, I'm a youngish uh, woman, <laughs> um, and, you know, and, you know, I have never um, had a moment in time where I thought that, you know, I was not being fully supported um, for my vision, my brain, my, you know, the energy that I was willing to put into this. 
Um, and, and mortgage and mortgage servicing really has, you know, delivered that energy right back to me. I can definitely hear the, the excitement in your voice when you talk to me about it. So I want to thank you for coming on and talking to me today and making a little time. It was great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, there's plenty of chatter out there about the return of better.com CEO to its helm and its interesting business model, how LOs are supposedly not paid for closed loans, but for how many they lock. I could tell that my dad's cat Myrtle was miffed a few days ago, and I knew why. She figured out that he was not going to spend several hundred dollars to nominate her for some forgettable mortgage award. Now that a new year has begun, offers to nominate employees and producers are everywhere. And in some cases, lenders can nominate dozens of their employees at discounted bulk prices. He thought about explaining to Myrtle that she'd be better off with him spending those doubloons on line-caught salmon. Or, in both of our opinions, that every lender would be better off spending their money on training, client retention software, or pricing concessions rather than telling the world which producers the competitor should pick off. Of course, uh, we've never been big on giving a child a trophy just for being on the team either here at Chrisman LLC, but that sounds pretty curmudgeonly to say out loud. Despite inflationary fears and talk of shrinking volumes, yesterday saw the release of a better-than-expected housing starts and building permits report for December. Housing starts rose 1.4% month-over-month to 1.7 million units on an annualized basis, while building permits ticked up 9.1% month-over-month to come in at 1.87 million. Increases were driven by multi-unit dwellings, meaning that despite beating expectations, housing starts are still too low to make up for the supply shortage as single-unit starts were down 2.3% and single-unit permits were up just 2.0% with little to no growth in the two largest home-building regions, the South and the West. However, rising mortgage rates, labor costs, and commodity prices, you know, lumber's up 85% over the last three months, have helped erode builder confidence. Quote, Higher material costs and lack of availability are adding weeks to typical single-family construction times, said NAHB chairman Chuck Faug. NAHB analysis indicates the aggregate cost of residential construction materials has increased almost 19% since December 2020. End quote. Today's economic calendar is already underway with weekly jobless claims, up to 286,000 with continuing claims in at 1.635 million, and Philadelphia Fed manufacturing up 7.8 to 23.2. Later this morning brings December existing home sales, which will be followed by Freddie Mac's primary mortgage market survey and a treasury auction of $16 billion of 10-year tips. The desk will purchase up to $3.4 billion of conventional MBS, while today's treasury purchase operation will target $1.6 billion of 10- to 22-and-a-half-year coupons. After treasury yields rallied for the first time in a week yesterday, we begin the day with agency MBS prices roughly unchanged, as is the 10-year yielding 1.83%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. There's a man trying to cross the street. As he steps off of the curb, a car comes screaming around the corner and heads straight for him. The man walks faster, trying to hurry across the street, but the car changes lanes and is still coming at him. So the guy turns around to go back, but the car changes lanes again and is still coming at him. By now, the car is so close and the man is so scared that he just freezes and stops in the middle of the road. The car gets really close, then swerves at the last possible moment and screeches to a halt right next to him. The driver rolls down the window. The driver is a squirrel. The squirrel says to the man, See? Not as easy as it looks, is it? Thanks again to Sajin. 
Bringing the modern experience customers expect from loan originations to servicing with platforms that let customers manage their home-owning lives from anywhere. The end game is a continuous loop where tech-powered customer attention, retention, and engagement in servicing lead to new originations, which lead to and preserve lifetime servicing. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.